Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Trend Podcast, the show where we talk about what's trending from a Christian perspective. Uh, today, we're dealing with uh, thoughts and prayers uh, and some uh, some injustice going on uh, in the world. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I'm your host, Jack Dodgen, joined uh, by co-host Spencer Shaw. Spencer, how you doing? I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, with the exception of the fact we talked about this. I bit through my tongue. Um, the other day, Just playing right basketball, so that was fun. Right through the side of uh, it in a couple of of places. So um, if I start talking weird, I apologize, but that is that is why my my tongue is getting in the way. Have of you my done speaking. any? Like, is it swollen? It's not that swollen anymore. It was like the day after, but now it just. Like when you when I'm talking, it like since it's the side, it like rubs against my teeth. Oh sure, it's like when you bite um, the inside of your your mouth or something. You just keep hitting it. Yeah, so that's and it it's kind of so you you know if you like cut something and yeah. and you uh, and it starts to heal back, it you, it has like that pull feeling. Yes, like it. Like you don't have enough skin, almost. Right? Yeah. So that's the way my tongue is now. So when you move it, it has like a stretching feeling as well, and mm. you can't eat or drink or swallow or talk without moving your tongue. So that's so fun. We're, you gotta you gotta adjust to all of it. The good news yeah. is, uh, that <laughs> might lead to a shorter episode today. Well, my <laughs> advice. For the day, wear a mouthpiece when you play. I've bit through my tongue, I've bit through my lip, and I still don't wear a mouthpiece. So, right, you learn anything? Yeah, why learn? Learn from his mistake, but he has not learned from his mistake. <laughs> Go buy you a twenty dollar mouthpiece, and that okay. won't happen. Yeah, that does not sound like fun at all. Uh, I'm. Glad it's you, not me, but uh, I hope for a quick recovery, and uh, I hope eating isn't too bad. Though it might be a good way to to lose weight, I guess. I don't I've know. lost like five pounds in two days. So I lost 20, <laughs> I dieted this summer. I lost 25 pounds. Okay. Um, and uh, then I bit my tongue, and I've lost another five pounds in like two days. Uh, so now I'm at like 30. That works out well. So this wasn't even part of the show, but if you're wanting to lose weight, bite your tongue. There you go, uh, and you'll be you'll be set at least for a little bit. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> very well. All right, uh, this past oh man, it was just this past week. Uh, a uh, gunman in Las Vegas started the show with with uh, what we're going to talk about. Um, gunman in Las Vegas went ahead and uh, just opened fire into a crowd, uh, killing. Uh, I don't know what the exact last numbers were, but uh, I believe it was over 60 and wounding uh, somewhere upwards of over 500 is the last number that I saw. Um, but uh, terror, the, the one of the worst mass shootings in history, uh, in U.S. history, and uh, just an absolutely terrible uh, thing altogether. Uh, but we're going to not focus so much on the event itself uh, as much as we are on the the hashtag that started trending once the once that happened, and that is the hashtag thoughts and prayers, which 
when I went to go click on it and see what was up with that, uh, assuming that it was people just using that to say thoughts and prayers with, and some were, a lot of people were using it uh, as a uh, thing to criticize and mock, uh, saying that after events like these, it's always thoughts and prayers, uh, but no action. So what we do on this show is talk about those things from a Christian perspective. How should Christians respond whenever they see uh, the idea of thoughts and prayers being mocked? How should Christians respond uh, in in times of uh, tragedy? Uh, and one of the things we want to start out with, and then I know Spencer's got a, uh, a very good comment uh, about these things. Uh, one, from a lot of Christians I saw from most of them, one of two responses. Nothing whatsoever about prayers and just right into we need gun control or right into this is what we need to be doing or right into uh, you know something else. It, it was ignoring thoughts and prayers and going right into something else. And then from, from the most of that group uh, who, who didn't choose this third option that we'll talk about in a moment, uh, they went with we're going to say thoughts and prayers, but we're not going to go, you know, line up at the, the blood banks and things like that, that many people were doing. Uh, I mean, there were lines wrapped around to, for people to give blood uh, to the Vegas victims. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was sharing those articles, those kinds of thing. It was, you know, praying for them. And then I'm bowing out of everything altogether. And that's where most people fell, uh, were in one of those two camps. And, I don't think either one is correct. Uh, I, th- I, I, th- I think there's a much better option, uh, and that is uh, prayerful action. This is something I, I wrote uh, on the day of on Facebook, uh, that when something happens, the Christian response, whether, you know, tragedy, whatever it is, Christian response ought to, always ought to be prayerful action in that they go to God first about what the thing is, uh, and then they get up and and get going. Now, that's not to say prayer is not an action. And I know, Spencer, you've got something uh, you want to say on that. Yeah, I. one thing that I think is that the people who are... Uh, a lot of the people that are criticizing um, prayer with without action, as you mentioned, have a, have a point when that's, that's all that we do and we don't do anything else as Christians. But... I also wonder what their view of prayer is, because prayer is a is an action, and you mentioned first going to God, and I think that's the first thing that we need to do as Christians. We should believe that prayer has some power, and it is the, in my opinion, it's the greatest action that we can do when something like this happens, praying for the people involved everybody involved on both sides of events that are involved. I think that's important, um, too. Um, a lot of times we are very narrowly focused in prayer. Um, and we, especially sometimes when it is about people, um, and I think that's something we need to think about, kind of broaden. Um, everybody needs God, especially in instances Um, like these, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't excuse us from acting ourselves. We pray that God will act, and 
then we go and act. And sometimes that is the way of God acting, is through his, his people acting. Uh, sometimes he may act separately from us. But it doesn't excuse us going and doing something. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was in, in Acts, you see the early church reaching out to all kinds of, of people in need. And you didn't see them just sit there and pray about it and then not do anything. But they actually uh, fed the poor. They actually reached out to the widows, those kind of things. And so while prayer is is important, uh, we still need to act. And one reason is because we are part of God's vehicle in acting in the world. Not God's only. God can do anything that he wants on his own. But we are part of his vehicle in acting in the world. I like, this is a little different, uh, but kind of the same thing. I'm taking a class on missions. And our professor that does a lot of the missions class, his big thing is the church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. And that God has a mission for the world for humanity that existed before humanity and to an extent I guess will exist after it and so it's nothing new wanting to reach out to the world uh, God had that plan long before mm-hmm. but as Christians we are a part of it and we are used for it and we go out and we reach out to people on behalf of it and I just think that's a important way of understanding uh, and um, I think I think you're absolutely right. And this plays well, this plays into one of the the biggest thoughts that I have on this is that when when terrible things happen, when great things happen, when there's when there is a need for somebody to be on the front lines, a lot of the time that that group on the front lines is not Christians. That's not to say that we never are, uh, but there are a lot of times where you know when when the Vegas thing was going on. Uh, what were Christians doing? What were, were Christians on the front line of that? I, I did notice, like during the hurricanes, uh, the uh, Churches of Christ disaster relief, uh, th- they were constantly updating about how how many semi loads of supplies they had sent out. Like they were they were out there on the front lines, and that's what people need to see: are, are Christians uh, love others. Uh, so much that they're going to do everything that they can uh, to help them. This is uh, the things like Vegas, things like hurricanes. Those are ways, those are major ways in which we extend bread to people who who are hungry. And and that can be done in smaller ways as well, at a community level, uh, at a, a neighborly level. But especially when big things like this occur, what people need to see is, oh, oh, look, you know, there's a tragedy. Christians are going to be out again doing Christian things. Uh, but there are a lot of Christians who their only action, and while it is a good and great action and powerful action, the only thing is I'm going to pray and then do nothing more, even though I'm capable of doing more. Uh, yeah, I want to mention Go ahead, real quick. You mentioned capable of doing more. Yes. And I think that's something that uh, everyone needs to take into consideration as well. Because um, when we when we talk about action, one of the first things that came to my mind is some of the amazing action that happened from churches uh, from the recent hurricane. And that's an 
something like that is actually easy for us to respond because there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of organizations to give money to, to send supplies to, mm-hmm. that kind of thing for them to send out to people. But it's not always that easy to physically go in and, and do something outside of the realm of, of prayer. You know, there may be some kind of... Um, we're, we're talking about the, the shooting in, in Las Vegas. So there may be some kind of shooting on a smaller scale because I know this one was the, the largest in modern uh, U.S. history that happens so far away from us that there's not much, there's not much that we can can do. Um, but there are people in that area that need to reach out and be involved in the the lives of those that are that are involved, or something happens over in in another country, and maybe there's not much much I can do. I know was it. Was it England where uh, uh, somebody in a car uh, uh, drove through a, a crowd of, of people the, the other day? Yes, um, I believe so. There's probably not much that I can do over here in Oklahoma for um, people in London. Maybe maybe there is, but that's that's something that's hard for how... But, and so that's where it's always important. Let's make sure that we are doing what we we can, that we are still praying and that we are still concerned, even if, you know, maybe I can't go to London and help, but yeah, prayer so- I can always do, and if I can act, that is something that uh, I think I'm responsible for doing. Yeah, some, sometimes prayer is all that you can do, and I don't say that to mean like, oh, all I could do was get vol- God involved in this thing. I don't, I don't mean, that's, that's not a statement of uh, power. You know, all you can do is say a prayer. That is, or, or not in God's power, but in, in yours. Sometimes all we have the ability to do is go and take it to God and let him handle it. But in cases where we have opportunity to do more, uh, I think we have responsibility to do more, uh, which is what which is what you and I are both saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are instances yeah. where we where we don't. We that's the only option we have. Now the fact of the matter is, people who aren't Christians don't have any option whatsoever in those scenarios. We get prayer, and then in some instances we get prayer plus some other things. But if nothing else, no matter what, we always have the ability to go out. Uh, and pray for things that are going on. Uh, But when these tragedies strike, we've got to be on the front lines uh, of those things, taking care of others, praying for others, doing everything that we have the ability, that we are are capable of doing uh, where we are uh, to go and assist those people. All right, uh, that's that's our thoughts on hashtag thoughts and prayers. Uh, We move now into some... Uh, I, I think I, I may have said at the outset a little bit of hypocrisy, which is what a lot of this was, uh, but that's not so much the focus of this. In the news, uh, one major, one a little less so, unless you're familiar with YouTube, uh, there are two different guys this week uh, in uh, sexual uh, scandal, 
One is uh, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, not exactly sure how you say it, owner of a big uh, multimedia company uh, making movies and things like that. Uh, and he's, he is, I mean, it's the, the Weinstein company, so it's, it's his company. Uh, that shows you how high up he is. The other guy is Andy Signore. Uh, if you've ever watched Honest Trailers on YouTube, he is the... Uh, he's the owner of that, one of the creators of that very thing, and he also, uh, just like Harvey, they were both uh, embroiled in a lot of scandal here where some woman came forward and some other women came forward, and uh, then it got to a point where, and in both of these cases this happened, you had women coming forward saying, this isn't just me making stuff up, we've got witnesses that saw these things, they went and contacted uh, the the HR departments and, and the people who are supposed to keep this stuff from happening. And in both cases, uh, these women were ignored. Uh, the stuff that they had to say was ignored until it became public and the public got outraged by those things. So what I, what I want us to talk about is not the hypocrisy of guys who say this is wrong, uh, because you have Harvey, who is very uh, well. You you have there, there's a guy this past week, a governor, very uh, you know. He says he's pro life. He's run on those campaigns and stuff. Evidently, he had a mistress and said, uh, "You need to get an abortion." Uh, and so when it's him, it's different. But everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, they need <clears throat> to not do that. And this was the same thing here too. Harvey uh, Weinstein hosted a thing for uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, big time. Democrat, you know, pro-women and all these things, and yet here he is uh, acting in such a way. Hypocrisy abounds everywhere, Uh, and originally we were going to talk about that a little bit, but I think it's more important for us to talk about, you know, what do Christians do in times like this, uh, where uh, nothing is being changed until there's enough public outcry about it? I mean, you had these companies higher-ups notified over and over again, have evidence taken to them about this is what went on. Uh, and they didn't do anything about it until there was a massive outcry. Uh, and there's a, a passage that comes to mind, and you're going to hear some typing because I'm, I know somewhat where it is, but I have to find it uh, specifically. While, while you find yeah, it, go for let it. me uh, make, make mention of something that just came to my mind that's important for all... Christians to think about, uh, but especially um, church leaders. When you talk about the idea of hypocrisy, when you talk about standing up against things that are wrong, uh, despite public um, opinion, that kind of thing. You know, we, we talk about this in the secular world. But there are a couple of things in the church that just kind of get swept under the rug Mm -hmm. unless a bunch of people find out about it, then we do something about it. And here's an example. So my minor is in family science. And so here in undergrad, I'm training to be a family life educator. Eventually, I'll probably get a master's in marriage and family therapy, um, become a therapist, but education portion 
is educating families on the front end about being family, about uh, parenting and marriage and divorce and just educating people on the front end kind of so in the back end you don't have to come to therapy. You know you're educated on how to deal with life stresses kind of a Mm -hmm. thing, if that makes sense. Anyways, a class that I'm in is Divorce and Step Family relations and it's a discussion class where we read studies about the impact of divorce and then we discuss um, our thoughts on them what education programs can be put in to help people to cope when they're in a situation like that or to keep them from getting in a situation like that those kind of of things and one thing that we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about was we were reading about divorce in an abusive family situation compared to abuse in an intact family situation and how that impacts children. And in the course of that, we talked about signs of abuse. We were asking, what can you do to help children who are in an intact family where abuse happens and there's going to there's not going to be a divorce or something like that to get them out of that situation maybe it's both parents involved in it and so we talked about um, as as professionals uh, like we are or in school and stuff like that you're required to report when you and it's always better to report and be wrong than to not report and be right sure. about those kind of things. And this is a long way of getting to, to the point, but I kind of had to, to set that up. So we were talking about that in our professional education place in schools, that kind of thing. But then we got into the discussion of church because my professor does seminars and stuff for church leaders on identifying the signs of abuse and how to report that kind of stuff. And the reason he does that and the reason people have him out to do that is because that's something in the church that we don't want to admit happens, but does happen. Mm-hmm. And we do a good job of, to some extent, intentionally not realizing it because we don't want to admit that things like abuse happen with families in the church. And so we just, we kind of turn a blind eye to those things. And if something big comes out, then we're going to step forward and we're going to do something to help that, that child. Uh, But that, that's just an example that is really big to me because that's not only partially, I mean, that's really in the two fields that I'm going into, but just how important I mean, you're talking about child abuse there and kind of turning a blind eye because you don't want to admit that that's really happening. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing in these big companies. You know, well, we don't actually want to admit that that's happening, so we're going to kind of forget about it unless something big comes out. We do that in the church. And unfortunately, one big way that we do that a lot of the times is with uh, things like this. We don't want to think that this could be going on and so we don't think that this could be going on. And then it goes on and nobody um, is there to help 
Yeah, and that's and and this this passage I I end up finding it uh, speaks I think very good to that uh, in Isaiah one seventeen right there at the beginning where uh, you know their uh, God's people are being dressed down uh, for some of the wrong actions they've taken and then they're told you know this is what you ought to be doing learn to do good seek justice correct oppression bring justice to the fatherless plead the widow's case and it's in all these things you know people who you know, justice to the fatherless, those kids that, that don't have a father, you you as God's people need to be looking out for that little guy. Uh, plead the widow's cause. The widow who has nothing, you as God's people need to be pleading her case. Oppression, which is somebody in power, uh, which is what we saw in both of these cases trending with Andy and Harvey here. Somebody in power, using that power to put somebody else down, God's people are supposed to correct that uh, and, and to seek justice and all of those things. Not when it gets to an escalated public sort of deal, but from the moment that it's seen, uh, Christians ought to be, again, going back to the first thing we said, on the front lines of uh, correcting these things. God's people are supposed to be at the forefront of all this, leading change in cultures, not the other way around. Uh, but we've kind of adopted, as as you pointed out there, and there are other things we can talk about. When I, I brought this up in class the other day, when was the last time you heard a sermon on depression? And yet you have, uh, and I believe on the day we're recording this, it's uh, Mental Health Day. I mean, that's a real struggle. There, there are people committing suicide because of mental health. When was the last time we heard sermons or classes on those things? But it's, um, a, it's a very needed thing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I want to mention real quick something else that came to my mind. My my grandfather and I were talking, we talked for about an hour about divorce and marriage and that kind of stuff in light of uh, scripture and in light of uh, scientific study because that's, as I mentioned, one of the classes that I'm I'm taking and kind of the conclusion we came to all of that is another example is we've got to do a better job of teaching about that, uh, those subjects too. You mm-hmm. know, it's, there's a lot of negative things that, that people deal with. Um, and the answer, like with divorce, isn't just get over it, they can't. The answer, I mean, with d- depression, get over it, they can't. Uh, with divorce, it's not, well, don't do it, and we're going to end the the conversation there. Uh, those topics are a lot more complex, and in my opinion, when we kind of leave it at that, that is kind of turning to a blind eye towards the fact that those things are out there, and they are heavily impacting people and families. And when we do that, we keep the Christian community from reaching out to them, like the Christian community yeah. was designed to do. Yeah, and the same thing can be said about uh, topics like pornography is one that many people deal with, but it's not so much talked about, or at least not in a very thorough way, or stuff like sex even. When it is discussed, it's in the negative. Don't do these types of, this kind of thing is wrong. Uh, but the Bible, there's a whole book dedicated to the positive end of it in, in Song of Solomon, but that's not make one a, that we really deal with. Make a comment on that in case anybody's reading and thinking about doing something on the topic of, of sex. When you're talking about adolescence, 
uh, studies show that an abstinence only, so that's just focusing on don't do it, um, actually does not help improve sex, uh, adolescents having sex before marriage, whereas a more all-encompassing understanding of what it is, the more young people understand what it is, the less likely they are to do it. But the more questions that they have about what it is, because all they've been told is don't do it, the higher chance they have of getting into it to try to figure out what it is. Yeah, and the so we the guy who created it wrote a book it. about it and told us exactly what it's for. That's what the that's the information we need to get out, as opposed to the the negative of don't do it, don't do this, don't do these things, and then leave it at that. That's not enough for kids. Kids, kids are kids want to check out the stuff that they're not supposed to do. Um, but this is. It's the same kind of stuff that we've seen with with Harvey and Andy here, and there are others. I mean, this is this is a thing that's out there uh, where there are things done in secret that aren't a problem. Uh, I mean, they, they're a problem from the very get go, but they're not a, a you know a quote unquote problem until uh, the masses mm-hmm. make an outrage about those things. That's not how it ought to be. And when Christians notice or see these things or hear these things, we've got to be at the forefront of leading that change to correct the oppression and bring justice uh, to others in all those scenarios. There are other things that we could talk about this week. Real, real quick, one last comment about these things. I mentioned about our discussion of divorce uh, in, in, in the church, and I want to make one quick comment. Go for it. So I mentioned that I'm in a class where it's, it's a discussion class, and there are quite a few students uh, of my my fellow students who are in there who have gone through divorce and when you ask them if you were to ask them how did the church treat and reach out to you as a family after this happened not good you would be appalled by the answers that um you get um because it seems that a lot of times in those in that situation, in the situation of divorce, society does not an adequate job, but does to some extent reach out to them with programs and things like that. And the church is actually the one doing the oppressing in a lot of the the instances. Um, yeah. And so, whether it's it's a cause that you think happened um, sinfully. Okay, there are a lot of negative things that happen because of of sin, but it still causes it. It still causes some kind of brokenness in people, in families, and the goal of God's people is always to reach out to that brokenness, not to help facilitate it. Yep. So I just that's just an example again, but yeah, and I and I think that sums up. Uh, nicely this you know what are the christians responses to major tragedies or smaller things going on in secret and that's that we got to be at the forefront uh bringing that that help and that hope that people need in all those situations uh but let us know what you're thinking uh you let us know your thoughts on you know thoughts and prayers and the whole uh harvey and andy situation here 
uh, and, and what's going on with them. You can uh, leave a comment below here on Facebook where this is shared on Strong Church. Uh, you can send us an email at thetrendpod at gmail.com. Uh, and if there's anything that you wanted us to comment on that we didn't, let us know. We'd be happy to cover that in the next episode. Uh, this has been The Trend. We'll see you next time.